Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz, and you are my People of the Book. And before that little intro, you heard the voice of Leslie Sachs. Thank you, Leslie. And today, the show is going to be slightly different. Um, I'm sure many of you listened to Kathy Kayla's conversation with Bathsheba Hart earlier this morning. And before I continue, I would also like to say a huge, huge happy, happy birthday to Kathy. Um, I really wish you everything of the best, every brocha and just abundant health and, and joy and everything that you wish for yourself. You, you really deserve all the good and have a wonderful day and a blessed year. And so just to continue on from that, so my unorthodox life, it's a huge conversation starter. It can't be ignored. It can't be swept under the rug. And it's most definitely got emotions riding very high. Before the show, you heard Leslie's opinion. And I can assure you that whatever your views, whatever your opinion, there's bound to be at least five differing ones out there. So who's right, who's wrong, who's to say what's right, who's to say what's wrong, I don't know. And um, the show today, you're going to hear, this, there are going to be a few books mentioned, um, probably quite commonly recognized titles on the subject of people who've left Orthodox communities, how they've done it, have they maintained relationships within the community, have they just cut ties completely and walked away, there's different ways that it's been done. Um, I myself am a bit of a skeptic when it comes to books and shows of this type. I do tend to think that things get sensationalized and things do get blown out of proportion for the sake of the story and um, yes, I myself am taking poetic license with the show and it's not going to be as much about the books as it's going to be about the theme. You're going to hear some messages throughout the show from various members um, of our community who are quite prominent voices in our community and um, some will be opinions on the actual show, My Orthodox Life, but most are voices speaking about the empowerment, the spirituality, and the sheer enjoyment that living life as Orthodox women brings them. And um, please forgive me for focusing on the women, because I think that it is the women who who have come out mostly um, and vocally after the, the, the screening of the show and after the viewing of the show. Um, the people who have given their views here, these are their personal opinions. They, they don't necessarily reflect my opinions or the opinions of HFM, but we're having a conversation. And this is a conversation that needs to be had. And people need to share safe space to be able to voice those opinions. Um, understandably, there were people who felt the need to, to say what they wanted to say but they didn't want to, to speak on air. And I, I fully understand that and I acknowledge that. 
but um, they have sent messages and they they will be shared anonymously and um, I will be reading out some of the comments that have been received. But let's get into it first. Let's let's get into a couple of book titles um, on on topics relating to leaving orthodox communities. For some reason, these always come up. There's always stories. There's always, you know, is it true? Isn't it true? I don't know. Maybe it's me. I don't often take them at face value. Um, some years ago, it was actually in 2007, so that was quite some time ago, there was a book that came out um, called The Rabbi's Daughter. It was written by Reva Mann, and I'm, I'm going to read you the description of the book as it's described. Um, it says, in this honest, daring, and compulsively readable memoir, Reva Mann paints a portrait of herself as a young woman on the edge of either revelation or self-destruction. Ricocheting between extremes of rebellion and piety, she's on a difficult but life-changing journey to inner truth. The journey began with an unhappy childhood in a family where religion set the tone and deviations from it were not allowed. But Riva, a granddaughter of the head of the Rabbinic Council of Israel and daughter of a highly respected London rabbi, was a wild child, and she rebelled spiraling into a whirlwind of sex and drugs by the time she reached adolescence. As a young woman, however, Reva had a startling mystical epiphany that led her to a woman's yeshiva in Israel and eventually to marriage to the devoutly religious Torah scholar who she thought would take her to ever greater heights of spirituality. But can the path to spiritual fulfillment ever be compatible with the ecstasies of the flesh or with the everyday joys of intimacy and pleasure to which she is also strongly drawn. With unflinching candor, Reva shares her struggle to carve out a life that encompasses all the impulses at war within herself. An eye-opening glimpse into the world of the ultra-Orthodox and their elaborately coded rituals for eating, sleeping, bathing and lovemaking, as well as a deeply personal rumination on identity, faith, and self-acceptance, this is at its heart a universal story. For those of any faith who have grappled with their own spiritual longings and for anyone fascinated by traditional religion and its role in modern society, Reva Mann's Chronicle of a Journey Toward Redemption is an unforgettable read. Now, I remember at the time, this book was being passed around at book club like, I mean, hot calls. I mean, you know, as, as soon as it was finished, the next person couldn't wait to read it. It was being, you know, thrown around like, like it was the hottest property. And everybody was desperate to read the story of, of this, this rabbi's daughter who had left the fold and had so much to say. I then received very, very, from a very close source and an extremely reliable source, that so much of the story was, in fact, not true. It was completely sensationalized. The stories that she told about her upbringing and her unhappy childhood, in inverted commas, in quotes, um, was was not true. She came from apparently a beautiful family where, I mean, her father was a prominent rabbi in London, and he was well-known, and a lot of that was just it just just didn't happen and although 
the book was hot property and a lot of people take these things at face value, one has to be extremely careful of who is reading this material. What is the opinion? What seeds are being planted in the minds of people who have no other basis to base their opinions on? So that was The Rabbi's Daughter, which I think was one of the first books I probably read on on someone walking out of the faith and then starting to to spread all this information about the inner workings of the faith. We'll move on after this. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Hi, I'm Lindy. My thoughts on this whole my unorthodox life, etc., etc. Do I, I read a lot about and watch a lot about all these kind of people that leave orthodoxy and go into the secular world or from the secular world go back to orthodoxy or go to orthodoxy. My honest opinion on this, my unorthodox life, is that I feel that Julia Hart is a complete and utter extremist in the sense that she supposedly, well, she did leave this extreme part of the religion and I believe she made it sound worse than what it actually was and then went on to the Chiloni, to the secular world and went completely extreme in the secular world even by, in inverted commas, indoctrinating her children to believe the secular world was the right world to, be, to, to live in. I personally feel that she was doing to her children what she felt was being done to her in the orthodox world. I do believe she painted a very bad picture on the orthodox world. She certainly didn't make it feel like a, a warm, family-orientated environment. I think she tried to portray that more in the secular world. But yeah, that's, those are my feelings about it. I just think she was, she's a complete extremist. I find she's a bully. I believe she's bullied her family into believing that her now world is the right world. She's been, in her own way, very anti-Semitic. Hi, Janice. Um, my name is Vicky. I grew up in a traditional home in Johannesburg. And when I went to university, Rabbi Mofsen was there and Saunders was there and Rabbi Shane was there and Awesome was just beginning. And um, there was a huge Bolshevik movement um, for people my age, and I'm about a year younger than this Julia person. Um, and they made it very easy to get involved and get inspired there was um, shirim on a regular basis and, sh- and shabbatons and, um, and while you were eating lunch it was very easy just to, to just go and listen to a shir as well um, and for me it was a very gradual process and um, and I did it because I enjoyed the aspects that were presented to me and I also noticed that um, the other students who were more from seemed to be so much calmer and more connected before exams and and I wanted to be to, I wanted to have that and I wanted to and I started appreciating the beauty of Shabbos um, I then I can tell you for my 
family, especially my um, my one parent, it was very hard to all of a sudden have me come home and say, can you start keeping kosher? Can you start doing this? Can you start doing that? Um, and it was um, it was a huge adjustment for them. Um, I think I think when you bring up your children in a certain way and you expect them to follow in your footsteps, for them to to want to brandish their own path can be quite difficult. Um, anyhow, I qualified as a doctor. I was in the states and did my residency in Montefiore Medical Center in the Bronx and lived in Riverdale, which is not too far away from Muncie, where Julia grew up, and um, we went to a lot of Simchas there, um, and the community was wonderful, and there was a whole variation of, of Judaism, from Reconstructionist, where you can all meet on a whatever day of the week it suits you, and have a service where someone can do whatever they want, so if it means you all stand on the beach and hold hands, it's just beautiful, to proper Haredi stark um, religion and America is the land of opportunity and people tend to be able to really choose exactly which nuance they want um, which is why it was very sad for me to see this movie um, I have to be honest I only managed to stomach two episodes before I switched it off but what I saw was a woman who had been in a situation where and possibly was related to the challenges her daughter was youngest daughter was feeling where she she felt the restrictions and she saw what it was doing to her daughter and she felt she had to get out of there but it wasn't just a get out it was a get out and destroy um never to return and i don't know there's so much therapy available I'm pretty sure she could have seen therapists at some point and dealt with it and maybe said to her husband she's not so comfortable with this or that or or maybe address some of the issues that she had at the time and 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 look to maybe just pull back a bit as opposed to being so um dramatic. Um I think she's still got a lot of issues that she has not worked through. Um the way she keeps on saying, you know, look at me, I've blazed my own path, look how fantastic I am. Um, there are many opportunities in the States for anyone, any woman across many other religious spectrums to um, to do whatever they want to do. Um, in our community, we had people who would, the men would often be up at five in the morning learning and would be learning on the train going into the city and learning on the way back and they were the high, these high powered lawyers and doctors and whatever um, I'm a qualified I mean I, I specialize in pathology there were a lot of from doctors lady doctors as well and lawyers and everything else who maybe they also took the train and did the duff with the men I'm not sure um, the the first female rabbah was in the shul that was right next to us it's not nothing but if people are into that that's great so there, there really are opportunities in a million different ways um, I don't know how much of this show is showbiz and I do feel that um, whatever you do you need to do it respectfully you know we're all on our own journeys we just because something works for me and I, I might love it 
doesn't mean it works for everybody else. And just because I hate it doesn't mean everybody else has to hate it too. And because I did love something and then don't love it and then do love it doesn't mean everyone has to follow me. Um, and this is what I found particularly so disturbing about the show is that she gave no um, space to her kids. You know, she really was the quintessential interfering mom. I was watching the show and the way she spoke to her daughter and her son-in-law and I just thought, run away, get her out of there. You know, it doesn't matter what the issue is, it's not her place to be dictating the parameters of their, their wedding, their marriage. With the older son, give him the space to let him do what he wants and with the younger son as well. And with the daughter, I don't know if 10 years down the line she's going to turn around and say, I'm so proud of everything I did. Um, I, I think this woman is incredibly attention-seeking and she's definitely got it. And and I also think there's going to be a lot of fallout for the community she left behind, who she's now brandishing with with a single paintbrush. And um, she keeps on saying she was doing things with respect, but it was anything but. Um Maybe it's different because we live in South Africa. We've got people over here who are um, who come from very different perspectives on many different things. And I think what we do try and do as a nation is focus on what we have in common and not where we differ. Um, and and maybe that's what Netflix needs to focus on, and maybe that's what she needs to to focus on is just is being kind to everyone, even if they represent aspects of things that she doesn't like um and those are my thoughts all the best bye I love it when you read to me. this is people of the book with janice Liebowitz. and as you heard that was vicky's opinion we are opening up the conversation about unorthodox orthodox your life someone else's life and of course, lots of opinions. There are books about it. There are series about it. And, um, a couple of the comments that came in before the show on WhatsApp, um, one was this, the from community is so defensive. It's such a pity. No one secular is so stupid that they think her opinions are gospel, gospel. And her sister is happy to show how you can be. So it's almost insulting that they assume we all think badly of them. If we do, we already did. This show may confirm what people believe, but not change it. It's from Kardashians. Who thinks they are the bee's knees? Well, I don't know, because um, people who are secular, we're not only talking about people who are secular, are we? we're talking about people who are not even Jewish at all, who have no other basis to go on. They, they're not sure what they're watching. They're not sure what they're seeing. So um, they are taking her opinions for what they are. So... Who knows what people think? We don't know what goes on in other people's minds. Someone else commented, and these comments are, are from people who, who preferred to remain anonymous. Um, another comment said, I found this whole unorthodox thing tiresome, so I've completely bowed out. Started watching some video with a New York rabbi with his wife, and after a few minutes realized that he was talking to the converted. Excuse the pun. No one except a from person would watch that. Um, yeah, lots of mixed opinions. But as I said, there are 
books on the subject. There's there's books on the subject of people who've left their Orthodox communities. And as I've said, I've I've often taken some of these. You need to be quite careful. Um, and, and know what you're reading, know who the authors are, do your research, do a little background check on, on who you're reading, what you're reading. Some of it is really sensationalized, but some of it is really written from the heart and some of it is entirely factual and, and it's written because they really just want to get the genuine, authentic experience across, whether they've left, whether they've stayed whatever that may be. So it, it really would stand you in good stead to to not go with all the sensationalism that, that goes with these books that come out. Um, and I'm not going to mention anyone in particular by name. But do do a bit of background uh, search and, and see who and what you are reading about. Um, in 2015, a book came out by Shulam Dean called All Who Go Do Not Return. That's um, his memoir. And it was described as a moving and revealing exploration of Hasidic life and one man's struggles with faith, family and community. And what's interest, what, what I found interesting was that a lot of the books that are written about people who leave these communities are by women. And this book in particular was written by a man. Shalom Dean was raised to believe that questions are dangerous. As a member of the Skveras, one of the most insular Hasidic sects in the U- United States. He knows little about the outside world, only that it is to be shunned. His marriage at 18 is arranged and several children soon follow. Dean's first transgression, turning on the radio, is small, but his curiosity leads him to the library and later the internet. Soon he begins a feverish inquiry into the tenets of his religious beliefs until several years later his faith unravels entirely. Now a heretic, he fears being discovered and ostracized from the only world he knows. His relationship with his family at stake, he is forced into a life of deception and begins a long struggle to hold on to those he loves most, his five children. In all who go do not return, Dean bravely traces his harrowing loss of faith while offering an illuminating look at a highly secretive world. And that one is worth reading. It's quite different to the ones that we are used to. And um, as I say, most of the books seem to have been written by women, but here's one written by a man. That's All Who Go Do Not Return, a memoir by Shulam Dean. And that was written back in 2015. So if you're looking, it's not recent. Um, there aren't many that are too recent. So that's worth looking for. Then there were the books, obviously, I mean, I'm going to discuss this very briefly, but of course there's Unorthodox, that Netflix series that that gave Shira Haas huge um, exposure and, and she, she really did so well in that. Um, the original books, Unorthodox and Exodus, were written by Deborah Feldman. And with the Netflix series, they did take, um, you know, books and, and movies are not the same. Um, you know, the book is, has so much depth. The film, obviously there isn't much time in a film or even with a series. And in Unorthodox, um, she actually left with her child, um, Deborah Feldman. And I'm sure that many people have watched her interviews and, and she's, you know, she, I'm not sure about, I, I, my jury is very out on this one. I had so many questions 
I had so many questions on, on the, the dramatic license that was taken with this series. I, I just had a lot of questions. And um, as Vicky commented, she said there's so much therapy that people can get. And, uh, and I'm, I'm wondering about therapy and help that people can get. I, I just don't know. But this was um, unorthodox. The actual story happened back in 2009. So also not so recent, although only came became public now or more recently in the last couple of years um and there are two books and um, there was first unorthodox and then she followed that up with exodus and i think the books probably give a lot more detail and a lot more background story than we got to see in the tv series so the books might be more worth reading if you are interested in learning more about Deborah Feldman's story. I would recommend those. There's a book called The Book of Separation by Tova, Tova Mervis. Um, she's actually an author. She's written quite a few books. But this is her memoir. This is about how she left her faith and her marriage, and she set out to navigate what was for her at the time a terrifying and liberating terrain of a newly mapless world, as she described it. She was born and raised in a tight-knit Orthodox Jewish family and committed herself to observing the rules and rituals prescribed by that way of life. And to observe was to be accepted, and to be accepted was to be loved. She married a man from within the fold, quickly began a family, but over the years her doubts became noisier than her faith. And at age 40, she could no longer breathe in what had become a suffocating existence, even though it would mean the loss of her friends, her community, and possibly even her family. Tova decides to leave her husband and her faith. And it's a struggle. It's very difficult. I don't think we, we realize it's not just walking away and going, oh, right, um, one day I'm this, next day I'm that. It's a new status to be not orthodox anymore. Um, it's not just walking away and thinking, oh, right, um, I'm going to put on a pair of jeans and a, a strappy top and I can walk into that uh, McDonald's and, and eat a Big Mac. It's not that simple. And Tova Mervis's memoir talks about this in depth, about the feeling and the emotion and um, the courage and the honesty that it takes to walk away and to, to live your own life. And she was not young when she did it. So that is Tova Mervis's memoir, The Book of Separation. More to come. Hi, I'm ADK, and I'm a proud Orthodox Jewish woman of 47 years of age living in Johannesburg, South Africa. I have two wonderful daughters and a fantastic husband. I'm a bala teshuva, which means I didn't grow up in an observant home, but I took the decision to become more observant after I left school. This was a conscious decision and it took me a number of years to slowly immerse myself into an observant lifestyle, which includes keeping kosher and observing Shabbos, as well as covering my hair and dressing modestly. Today, I celebrate the fact that I am an observant Jewish woman. I feel empowered and proud of the life I have chosen and the values that I have instilled in my daughters. Our family belongs to the Sydney and Highlands North Shore. I have never been one to stand on the sidelines, and as such, I, together with my husband, are very involved in shul activities and outreach. We, thank God, have a very open household, and up until COVID hit, we held a kiddush at our home 
every Shabbos for young adults and young married couples and their families. I love having a Jewish home which is welcoming and where all types of Jews can feel at home. I want people to see that having a kosher observant home can be normal and not intimidating. I have never once felt that I am subjugated as an Orthodox Jewish woman. In fact, I feel empowered and proud. For many years, I pursued a career with the support of my husband. I have been privileged enough in the past 10 years to be more involved in community outreach. I have found a balance between modernity and the ancient traditions of Judaism. I love the fact that on Shabbos, I switch off the modern world, including cell phones and the TV, and find a unique peace with myself and a deep connection to God. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. We are continuing the conversation about Orthodox, unorthodox, do you leave, do you stay, how do you feel, do you worry about people's opinions, everyone has an opinion. And some of the comments that came in on WhatsApp before the show were, um, I love this one, not on purpose, I didn't hear her interview, I'd hate to comment here, not that I don't have some comments, obviously. And someone else said ditto. Um, Personally, I found it very disrespectful to the Jewish community. That was someone else's opinion. And someone else said, a fairly religious woman told me that the last three episodes, and we're talking about my unorthodox life here, are actually the best. She said it improved. The first few are appalling. I've watched about four or five. I don't know that I can do more. I received a message from Kathy and She's commented to say that there are even more books about how people have found Hashem. And I have to say, she's, of course, 100% right. And I found that the books about people finding Hashem are, I found the, the abundance of them so overwhelming. And there are beautiful ones. They are amazing. And I, funny enough, I found a lot of those also written by women. So... I would really recommend going and looking for them. And I really do recommend these programs open up conversations, whether no conversation is good or bad, negative, positive, but do your research. Go and find books on the, on the subject. Go and find books on the topic. Go and find, I mean, there's so many TV series about these now. Go and do some research about it. And I really would recommend doing that. Because there is so much that we can all learn. You know, I, I don't think that there is any excuse nowadays to say that we don't know. I know that there's an expression that many people love to use saying, if you don't know, you don't know. And I hate that expression because there is no excuse to not know. Um, one book that I found quite beautiful was called Here and There. Leaving Hasidism, Keeping My Family. You see, it is possible. And that was from 2015. A heartfelt and inspiring personal account of a woman raised as a Lubavitcher Hasid who leaves that world without leaving the family that remains within it. And this is by Chaya Deitch, D-E-I-T-S-C-H. And I know that a lot of, of the the information out there was showing that people walk away, they cut ties, and the people who remain within the community don't want anything to do with them, and that really isn't the case. 
Um, even as a child, Chaya Dej felt that she didn't belong to the Hasidic world into which she'd been born. She spent her teenage years outwardly conforming to, but secretly rebelling against the rules that tell you what and when to eat, how to dress, whom you can befriend, and what you must believe. Loving her parents, grandparents, and extended family, she struggled to fit in, but instead felt angry, stifled, and frustrated. Upon receiving permission from her bewildered but supportive parents to attend Barnard College, she discovered a wider world in which she could establish an independent identity and fulfill her dream of an unconfined life that would be filled with the secular knowledge and culture that were largely foreign to her friends and relatives in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. As she gradually shed the physical and spiritual trappings of Hasidic life, Chaya found herself torn between her desire to be honest with her parents about who she now was and her need to maintain a loving relationship with the family that she still very much wanted to be part of. Eventually, Chaya and her parents came to an understanding that was based on unqualified love and a hard-won but fragile form of acceptance. With honesty, sensitivity and intelligence, Chaya Deitch movingly shows that lives lived differently do not have to be lives lived apart. And I just love that statement because walking away doesn't mean walking out. It doesn't mean leaving everyone behind. Um, I know somebody who married out after coming from an extremely religious home. And when a rabbi was asked, you know, the, the, this person's father would have nothing to do with them, absolutely nothing. Didn't want to know this person, didn't want to know their child. This child was dead to them. And someone asked a rabbi, you know, what, what do they do? It was, it was a family member. It was cutting them up inside, really. What do they do? And this rabbi told them, you never close the door. You leave the door open. Don't burn the bridge. Leave a space for them to walk back in. And in this book from Bahá'í Deitch, it says, and I'm going to repeat this because it, it's so meaningful to me, lives lived differently do not have to be lives lived apart. We'll hear more after the break. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Hi, I'm Dalia Abadi. If someone had to say to me, why choose orthodoxy? Why am I orthodox in today's day and age where everyone is so free and things are so amazingly liberating and all the liberation movements and you are choosing orthodoxy, which people are seeing as so restricting? In my mind, it's the total opposite. And orthodoxy is a real liberation movement because it truly cares about the soul, the human soul. It's like saying, why choose a relationship with someone where there's no borders, no boundaries, and you're free to do whatever you want, and you're free to see other people, and you're free to say what you want and do what you want and be treated, you know, treated like quote-unquote crap, and um, yeah, you, you give what you, what you give. Or you have a relationship where you trust one another, and you're loyal to one another, and there are boundaries and borders, and that is orthodoxy. It's It's a bunch of guidelines and people like to say rules because rules have really bad connotations but it's a bunch of guidelines a handbook that Hashem our God who's not just a God he's a father has given to us for our sake to live a healthy and happy life and once you follow these these 
guidelines, these commandments. You start to understand, in my opinion, these guidelines are a true meaning for happiness, a true meaning not just for, for uh, you know, an external happiness, but an internal happiness where you get fulfillment and you get you get a, a, a real joy, a real joy out of out of life and out of people. It's like, what is a tennis game, let's say, without the the borders and the boundaries on the tennis court? What is a game of snakes and ladders without the the actual board mat, without the rules? There's no points. There's no goal. There's no outcome. And so these guidelines in orthodoxy, which some people may find so restricting because they don't understand them properly, or they haven't been taught them properly, or they're misinterpreting them, these guidelines are there so that we can reach our potential. And it may sound cringy and it may sound cliche, but if you speak to people that are truly following orthodoxy, in my opinion, you will see a sense of happiness in their eyes and in their soul and a sense of fulfillment where you think, oh, they got to be doing something right. Because the proof is in the pudding. These people are happy, you know, and not necessarily happy all the time. Everyone goes through struggles. Everyone goes through hardships, but orthodoxy is just a liberation movement that helps you be the best you and have the best relationships with your friends, with your family, and the most important, with God, with Hashem. And yeah, that's orthodoxy for me. And, and it's really just such a blessing to be an orthodox Jew, especially in today's day and age where people really, really are having such difficulty with belonging and with having these healthy boundaries and borders within their life. Good morning, everybody. My name is Jade Rundle. I'm 24 years old. I'm a psychology student and I work with young Jewish women, inspiring, motivating and creating uplifting and meaningful programs to enable them to become better versions of themselves. As a modern Orthodox Jewish woman in this day and age, I feel an abundance of gratitude to be able to live a life that is rich with meaning, spiritually focused, growth orientated and completely empowered. I live a life whereby I'm able to juggle multiple roles and responsibilities and I have endless opportunities which contribute to my never-ending growth as a strong, valued Jewish woman. I'm able to wear clothing that bring out the best in me and I'm able and capable of making very real and very rational choices. As a modern Orthodox Jewish woman, I am able to study and learn what I am most passionate about and then utilize my knowledge and skills in order to help others. As a modern Orthodox Jewish woman, I am a part of a community that is loving and supportive, a community that is focused on helping all Jewish individuals to become the best versions of themselves. As a modern Orthodox Jewish woman, I am able to perform mitzvot that bring me closer to Hashem, a real opportunity to have a close connection to the Creator who brought us into this world. As a modern Orthodox Jewish woman, everything has depth, and meaning is infused into all that I do and all that I am a part of. As a modern Orthodox Jewish woman, I am constantly inspired, uplifted, and given opportunities to give back. As a modern Orthodox Jewish woman, I am able to pursue my dreams and aspirations, elements that are rewarding and meaningful to me. As a modern Orthodox Jewish woman, I am able to use my strengths to make a difference, a sense of strength that my faith and trust in Judaism provided me with. The Torah isn't seen as a restriction or a limitation. It is a definition of the way that I choose to live my life. Our Torah gives us definition to achieve more freedom and happiness in our lives within all the roles that we all play as women. I'm strong. I am brave. I'm smart. I'm passionate. I am inspired. I am growing. I am learning. I am living my best life. 
I am proud to be a modern Orthodox Jewish woman. A huge thank you to Janice Leibovitz for empowering women by allowing them to speak their truth and show what it means to be a strong Orthodox Jewish woman. Thank you. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I hope you enjoyed today's show. It was very different. I thank everybody who contributed, and I'd especially like to thank Lindy Radnicki and Hermione de Jong for all their assistance. And as always, take care of yourself, take care of each other, get vaccinated, wear a mask, and read a book.